Okay, let's try this. Hi, my name is Rose, and today I'm going to tell you a story about a woman called Ruth Belleville. And through telling you about Ruth, I'm going to visit some of my own experiences and also simultaneously, hopefully, write a song. Yeah, that's right, write a song so we can all feel a little bit better together. Okay, everyone, this is the introduction of the song. I'm brainstorming. I've got to set the scene, get the vibe. First, a bit about moi. I'm Rose and I live in Woolwich, Poet Street. I love it here. It's feeling busier at the moment, which is nice. There are a lot of kids around, buzzing. I'm at school. Sometimes even I miss it. They wear blazers that are a bit too big and they all sort of look like Lego figures. I see one girl every day. She's got hair like me and her shoes look like freight containers. So uncomfy. And she's wearing trainer socks. I can feel the blisters already. Jeez, I'm getting old, and I? I have friends on Poet Street, like Juice Guy. He's always in a good mood. The juice there is well nice. And I wonder if something else keeps him happy, if you know what I mean. Or maybe it's just the juice. I see the barbers opening up on my way to work. The shutter is always pulled up by Juice Guy's mum. She acknowledges Juice Guy with a small side eye, a glance of love and total disapproval. (laughs) It's the same every morning. I love it. I work on the clothes store in the market with Ghoul, my boss. He's nice, always on the phone. His ringtone is, oh, the single ladies. (laughs) And he smokes Marlboro Reds constantly. I am also a songwriter of what I believe to be great talent. But nobody else realises this. I'm working on my first album. Well, I was working with some amazing musicians, but it's hard because real actual musicians want to be paid. Totally fair, but I've got no money, so we have a problem. Basically, it's just me on my lonesome lonesome making some tunes. Okay, this is verse one. Here we go. Bring in the melody. My dad got me into music. All music. We used to listen to everything together. A real mix, like Doris Day, Stormzy, Charlie Parker, and like Cardi B, you know, everything. I spend all my wages on equipment. This mic is five months of work. But I think if I just keep putting good stuff out there, someone, somewhere, will notice that I am here. I got stuff to sell. Like Ruth Belleville. (laughs) Back to the story, seamless. She was ahead of her time in so many ways. Wait, I just need to write that down. That's a lyric. She was ahead of her time. Anyway, yeah, so a woman having her own money and that. That's what mum says I've got to do because she never did that. But Ruth did. Her dad died and she took on his business and the business was, wait for it, selling time. She was known as the Greenwich Time Lady. Like Literally, she went around telling people what the time was and they paid for it. Unreal. She lived in a one-bedroom cottage on her own in somewhere like, I want to say Maidenhead. And every Monday morning, she would travel to Greenwich on the train to get the time from the men at the observatory, the timekeepers. Ruth set her pocket watch to the correct time and then she got on buses and trains and tubes and travelled to around 40 businesses, giving them the real time. Sounds exhausting, but a good way of making some dollar. She made it work herself. I think it's quite inspiring that she just made it work. I can see her sometimes, standing in her hallway, 
in one of those big skirts and fitted jackets, doing up the buttons one by one. And she sits at the bottom of the stairs, lacing her boots up. Her hands are dry and cracked, and she pulls the laces tight, tying them with a perfect bow. She stands up and looks at her face in the little wooden mirror. It's pale and tired, with grey circles under her eyes, but she smiles and she squeezes her cheeks to give herself some colour. She taps her pocket, picks up a big umbrella and opens the door. It's raining and I see her boots walk down the little cobbled path, avoiding the puddles. She opens the rusty front gate and steps out into the world. Just her. Okay, this has got to be the chorus. I wonder about time, the beats per minute, and how it works, and when they visit. I don't know, I don't know. Let's go for verse two. For the first time ever in my life, I've had insomnia. I go to sleep fine, and then around two, maybe three, I wake up and I found it a great time for getting unbelievably stressed about things that don't really matter. Like last night, I remember something I said in 2014 and how really awful I was, or maybe I still am. And then I started thinking about my ex-best friend. Well, maybe not best friend. She was a good friend. And sometimes I wake up and I think that was all my fault. That stupid falling out about something so completely pointless. I don't really want to think about it. And then my dad... Anyway... One day, with me and her, we just stopped texting or calling or anything. The friendship had just stopped. Because things change, don't they? It had just floated away. Oh, that's a good line. Let me write that down. It it had just floated away. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is, in the middle of the night, with this insomnia, I start thinking about everyone literally on the planet, who was awake and not able to sleep, and about Ruth Belleville and how she lived alone. I watch my bedside clock. It's one of those digital light-up ones with numbers. I wish it wasn't so bright. As the numbers change, it feels like a laser going into my brain. I think of all the people lying alone in bed, feeling the time pass, and hope they're all right. I hope my old ex-friend's all right, and fast asleep, and not worrying and wasting her time with things that don't really matter. (laughs) And last night, I couldn't sleep at all. And then suddenly, I see Ruth. Lying in bed on her own, staring at her watch as the seconds tick by. She was sitting with her head leaning on the wall, writing in her diary about the day. She had been on five trains, six tubes and four buses, but something had upset her. She was crying because something had happened. Listen, hang on, I can hear her. There was also another company selling time and it was run by an unpleasant man, (laughs) Kel Supreze, and he thought he could control everything. He thought he could hold all of time, just for his business and nobody else. And he said Ruth was sleeping with the men at the observatory to get hold of the time. And the newspapers had shamed her publicly. And Ruth, she was a very private person, But this sensationalist story actually just got her free publicity. She used the nonsense to get more business. (laughs) Ha ha. Also, as I look at her, I think there's something else upsetting her. But this feels like a good time for a chorus. 
I wonder about time, the beats per minute, and how it works, and when they visit, all those phrases borrow time. I don't know, see I don't know. Okay, let's go for verse three. Ruth was in love with a man from France. He lived in Paris and his name was Jean-Pierre and he was very handsome and strong and he was a horologist. They met at a clock convention in London when it was snowing and 100% romantic. Ruth and Jean-Pierre fell in love very quickly. Jean-Pierre went back to Paris to pack up his clocks and bring them to England to live with Ruth. But handsome, strong horologist Jean-Pierre was also ill. Three weeks before he was supposed to leave Paris for Maidenhead to be with Ruth, his heart stopped beating and it couldn't be started again. Ruth found out in a letter from Jean-Pierre's aunt. It was such a sad letter and such a shock. Ruth reads the letter on her own, sitting at the bottom of the stairs. It's one page of scrawled ink pen. Her hands are very numb. Her face becomes very cold. And she sits at the bottom of the stairs for one hour or maybe even two, letting the words sear into her like lasers. Until eventually, and who knows how long she was there, she stands up. She taps her pocket, picks up a big umbrella and opens the door. It's raining and I see her boots walk down the little cobbled path, avoiding the puddles. She opens the rusty front gate and steps out into the world. Just her. I wonder about time, the beats per minute, and how it works, and when they visit. All those phrases borrowed time. Time is a healer, they always chime. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And now it's got to be time for the bridge. My dad's heart stopped one day, just like that. On the way to the pub, kaput. Then he was gone. And I sat at the bottom of the stairs for a while until this has to be a key change, don't you think? Eventually, I got up and stepped out into the world. Just me, me and my tunes. Cause everything passes and everything is held. So one more time now. I wonder about time, the beats per minute, and how it works, and when they visit. All those phrases borrow time. Time is a healer, they always chime. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Sorry, hang on. We need to... Okay, consider this the coda. Ruth had other jobs too, because everyone does, don't they? She taught French and music as well as selling the time until she was well into her 80s. She held all her own time, making it clear and precise. And then one day, when she was 89, she didn't wake up. Ruth went kaput like Dad. Her bedside lamp, it turns out, was leaking carbon monoxide. She's buried in Charlton next to her mum and her dad. Her pocket watch is in the Science Museum. 
it still beats. So I'm going to keep going with my time, making things for people to listen to, if they want to. A few minutes with you, just like this was. Okay, that really is the end. We must stop. I wonder about time, the beats per minute, and how it works, and when they visit. I don't know, I don't know.